Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. This is Concierge Confidential, and I'm going to be your host, Brian Ortega. And this is our inaugural episode to really kind of get you into the world of Concierge, or at least the city of Las Vegas. So um, I'm based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, I no longer work as a concierge. I was a concierge for four years, and I've worked in the hospitality business for about 10 years in total. I now work in media, but I still love everything there has to do about the city of Las Vegas. And I am one of those crazy locals that actually loves to do things on the Strip. And I like to do it just because I like knowing the cool new things that are happening. And a lot of times it's on the Strip. Sometimes it's downtown or even in other surrounding areas. But I really just want to be able to talk about some of the maybe the misconceptions that people have about uh, people who work in the hospitality industry. Um, and specifically, uh, concierge. Um, uh, as a concierge, I was able to really work with a lot of different areas of the hotel and through doing that i found that it is a fascinating ecosystem that uh, hotels work in so i think this podcast is going to be you know a little bit more uh informative than maybe some other ones that just tell you oh look at this cool place and that kind of thing because we'll we'll definitely do that but um i definitely want to show what it's like from you know, my perspective, but also try to invite some people on that are going to talk about their experiences working in hospitality or even people who've worked in the city of Las Vegas as a whole. So I really hope that you uh, stay tuned and every week we'll try to highlight something different. But this week in particular, um, I want to kind of give you the really the overview of what a concierge does and some things that maybe you thought is what we do. But really doesn't really have to do with what we do here in Las Vegas because it does differ from being a concierge in Las Vegas to being a concierge in, say, New York or California. New York is really the one where people sort of know that's a concierge. I'm, everybody's seen Home Alone 2 and think we are the gatekeepers to make sure that you are not stealing somebody's credit card and we'll chase you down. Or we wear the cross keys, which we will talk about Lake Clay Door um, as we go through the podcast. But it's, it's really going to explain how you can use a concierge to best utilize, you know, a concierge to, to get the most out of your trip here in Las Vegas. And I think at the core, a good concierge is somebody who really wants you to experience the best of the city and have really the best experience possible. So that's what we're here to do. So uh, on today's first episode, um, I'm going to go over kind of a couple things that people think that we're able to do as concierge here in Las Vegas. Um, one of the number one things is that people are actually very put off by the word concierge. It's kind of a scary term for a lot of people who are not used to uh, like maybe a four or five star experience where you usually run into a, a real concierge. We'll talk about not real concierges um, as we go on, but really 
it's it's sort of a people are put off by it. People think it's something that you have to have a lot of money or you have to be a high roller to utilize a concierge. And it's really not the case, especially here in Las Vegas or really anywhere in the, in the world. Um, we really are, I would like to tell people, are the Swiss Army knife of the hotel. We're able to know where things are, know the latest hotel uh, restaurant openings or nightclub openings or events. We're really sort of like the Google of the hotel. And uh, a common question is, you know, why is our job important? Because you, you can Google a lot of things that you ask us. But a lot of people, some might be an age thing where they're not used to technology. They don't like to, to use Google. But really, I don't know, you know, as long as there is a concierge or, you know, just as long as there's people in the world, uh, there's really a human connection that you really get from somebody telling you if something's good or bad or not. Because when you hear it from a person who's standing in front of you or even on the phone, which a lot of our job is done over the phone, it means a lot more, I would say, definitely. So... You should really value those opinions and, you know, take them however you would like to take them. But just know that they are, we're here every day. And sometimes we do things multiple times, like going to multiple nightclubs or restaurants. And we keep going back to them, even if they're, you know, say expensive, because we enjoy the experience. So that's, there's a reason we're recommending it again. Um, there is a caveat to that, that you should know that a lot of the hotels are owned by, you know, major corporations, especially here in Las Vegas. They're sort of like the big four, I would say. Really, it's three now, but, you know, it's it's uh, MGM Resorts, which owns one half of the Strip, Caesars Entertainment, which owns the other half of the Strip, and then you have the Wynn and then the Palazzo. And then Resorts World is kind of a new one that popped up, not popped up, but uh, really in the past two years has become a a major hotel, and it's a big property, but still on the level, I would say, of the Caesars, MGM, and Wynn. But really, you can come to us, ask us any questions that you might have, maybe be dumb or not dumb. Um, I have to say that when you become a concierge, you learn to answer a lot of the same question many times, and it's our job to answer those questions. You may not know how do you gamble or how do you get chips. Feel free to ask us. We're always really willing to tell you the answer. And we we actually really enjoy that. So go ahead and ask away. Ask your dumb questions because we're here to give you the correct answer. Or like I love to tell people, we'll give you the right answer or we'll just make it up and it'll sound good. But most of the time it's the correct answer or we'll try to figure it out. Um, a lot of our function is working as, I wouldn't say PR, but we are almost like PR for the hotel. So just understand when you do come to us, for example, for let's just say an MGM property, that we do make commission. That's always the question. So we do make commission off of uh, a lot of different things. So show tickets, we do uh, tours to the Grand Canyon and other things as well, which we do gain commission off of. We do we get commission off of other shows in the city as well. So just know that, yes, we do want you to have the best experience possible, but do also understand that we do get paid certain commissions from different outlets in the city. So for example... Cirque du Soleil, which is mostly in MGM properties now, uh, we used to get a commission based on how many seats we sold, uh, and we try to hit a certain benchmark at a certain point to get that type of commission. So the good thing was was that a lot of the Cirque shows when I was a concierge were very good, and I always tried to give you my best, uh, my best opinion of the show, which most of them were fantastic. But, for example, my favorite Cirque show for the longest time was Zoomanity, which 
I thought was a fantastic show, but it's one of those things you really had to read the person because Humanity is a topless show. It's an adult show. So I didn't recommend it to families, for example, because obviously they can't go. Um, but if you get somebody who's, you know, little looks a little bit more reserved, maybe their first time to Vegas that is sort of maybe put off by the Sin City part of it, uh, I may not recommend that. I might recommend Ka or O instead. But I personally loved Zumanity. Um, I would also, I'll just go to the other end of the spectrum. One of my least favorite Cirque shows was Love. And Love is actually a very popular show, especially for people who love the Beatles, because that's, you know, their era or that's the music they connect to. And I would say that's really the same thing for like the Michael Jackson show, is if you don't connect with that show, because both those shows are musically inclined, then maybe you should go see maybe Ka or O instead, because those don't really have music attached to them in terms of uh, like Michael Jackson or, or the Beatles. They're more sort of a straight sort of Cirque show. And, and that's fine too. So I always like to sort of read the person and then give them that answer. But yeah, just remember that, you know, we might sell a Cirque show over for, say, a not Cirque show like Absinthe or something like that. But I have to say Absinthe is probably one of the top three best shows in Las Vegas. So I love Absinthe. So I would 100% recommend Absinthe as a show if somebody asked me about it. But, you know, everybody's different. So that's always a good thing to, to understand. I want, I'm going to give you sort of a little tip on if you know if it's a good concierge or not, or if they're really listening to you, because listening, I think, is the most important thing about working as a concierge. And I always tell everybody who's kind of coming into this or ask me, hey, recommend to me this. And I have to tell you that if a concierge doesn't ask you two or three questions before they give you a recommendation, they are just going off the playbook, if you will. So they are not listening to you. They're running their best plays that they know, and hopefully you enjoy what they say. So I always like to ask two or three questions and then give you the answer. Because going back to, to Cirque shows, I'm not going to recommend to you, oh, if your budget per ticket is $50, because that's uh, un unre un not unreasonable, but it is um, not realistic because those shows go for, you know, a hundred bucks a pop at the very lowest bar. So I'm not going to recommend to you. Oh, so I always like to rec I always like to ask. These are the three questions is how many people are in your party for one? Um, what's the age of those people? We'll come by that as the same question. And what have you seen before? And what do you enjoy? Are you okay with nudity? Are you not okay with nudity? Do you want Singing, do you want dancing? Um, those are sort of the questions that I need to be to be asked. And also, where are you staying? And then, then from there, I can kind of start to sort of put together your experience. So that is really the importance of ask, asking questions because you have to know these things. Sometimes people will have a restaurant that they made a reservation for months in advance and they want to do a show close or in the same hotel as that restaurant, which is completely standard. I would do the same thing as if I go on, you know, these experiences. So I love to plan. I'm a big planner. So when I go on dates, I like to know where I'm going. So that's what I want to do for you. So I think part of being a good concierge is also experiencing these things that the guests are also going to experience. So that is definitely really important to take into account. So there are, we have some of the best restaurants in the world. So that's why it's good to sort of 
finesse or understand where you're going to be at so I can make those recommendations. So that's just a couple of misconceptions that we have about being a concierge. Uh, we do get to go to a lot of shows for free. So that is also really cool. So I have to tell you, I've only been to maybe one or two shows since not being a concierge because for the longest time we got really great discounts or we got invited to see these shows. So yes, we do get invited to see these shows. So most concierge have seen the shows that you're going to see or we've done the tour that you're going to do. So we do have sort of that firsthand experience of doing these things. So feel free to ask us, what did you think of that show? Did you like it? Was it fun? Is it good for a date? Is it good for kids? We are here to ask the, answer those questions for you. So we are very enthusiastic to answer questions about shows for sure. Restaurants, very different. So very different um, time to where we no longer get in, invited to go to these restaurants. That's sort of like the big thing. Is The thing is, though, working as a concierge, you hear about these restaurants. A lot of times you come get pitched by the restaurants about what they do. They'll invite you to sort of openings where they have like hors d'oeuvres, but it's never like a full meal. It's very much sort of you know, hors d'oeuvres picking here and there, drinks, of course, because the one thing that concierge are all really good at is drinking. Um, we're, not, we're not alcoholics. We're just really good drinkers. Um, but again, it's one of those things. They're kind of schmoozing us to really pitch their restaurant. But I do have to say that we are probably the most honest about restaurants. We either like them or hate them. And it's usually not universal, but we all kind of have the same opinion of if this place is going to be successful or unsuccessful. So those are little things that you should take into account as you come and ask us. Um, I do have to say, I'm not going to say I was a good liar, but I'm going to say I was a really good salesman when it came to things when you would come to me and say, hey, I have reservations for, I'm going to use one that happens all the time, Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris, fantastic chain steakhouse across the nation. We probably have over 30 or 40 high-end steakhouses in Las Vegas. So there is quite a number to be uh, competing with here in Las Vegas. So the thing is, is that if I tell you something is bad and you already had it in your mind that you were going to go there, you're going to go to that reservation with a bad taste in your mouth. So I usually just went along with it as much as I could. Uh, I never would say oversold something, but I would definitely, I would definitely be courteous to your choice when visiting Vegas. But if you came up to me and asked me, you know, what, what's a good steakhouse? I would de definitely ask you, what's your price range? Is it for an event? Is it for an anniversary? Anything like that, because I want you to know what you got going into it. But those are just a couple of misconceptions. I'll probably cover some every podcast about different things about what concierges can do, cannot do. I will actually, I forgot one. We definitely cannot get you free tickets for anything. Uh, free tickets or under the table tickets are ways of the past or ways of New York, or maybe they still have those hookups. But we are very limited in terms of tickets, in terms of how they sell tickets now. Sometimes they buy the room, they'll buy all four walls is what they're called. That happens a lot for like the Terry Fader Theater or comedians where they have to sell every ticket. If you want free tickets, then I would definitely recommend you hit the, uh, hit the casino hosts and let's see if you have enough credit or have gambled enough to warrant your uh, complimentary set of tickets. 
But uh, that's it for the misconceptions section of the pod. But we'll come back and I'll give you sort of a breakdown of one of my favorite experiences, which I hope to do every every week. Um, something that I did in the last week to sort of give you a recommendation or sort of an update or review on the place that I went. And the one that I'm going to be hitting is Mayfair Supper Club at the Bellagio Hotel and Casino. And we are back, everybody. So I teased it earlier, Mayfair Supper Club, probably my favorite experience here in Las Vegas in terms of restaurants or lounges or whatever you want to talk about. Um, I really enjoy Mayfair Supper Club. Uh, I just think that Mayfair Supper Club is so cool because I really enjoy that sort of Ocean's Eleven feel of Las Vegas where you can wear a jacket, you wear nice shoes, and then you go out, have a drink, listen to some live music. It's very good fellasy. Uh, and the place that, that can do that one of the best is Mayfair Supper Club. We, we do have a few supper clubs in town. We have Mayfair Supper Club. We have uh, Delilah's, which is very, very popular at the Wynn. Those are really the two main ones. Um, I see that being sort of the future for now uh, for Las Vegas, just because, you know, people don't have money to go see a show and a nice dinner at the same time. And what's one way to do that? You put them in the same place. So Mayfair Supper Club Delilah's are probably the two biggest uh, or most popular uh, supper clubs in Las Vegas. I like to go to Mayfair because simply the fact is they're easier to get into. Um, the room is quite nice. It's sort of in the center of the Bellagio Hotel overlooking the Bellagio Fountains. It's really a fantastic view and they also have music every single day which is actually something very hard to find. And again, it is live music. So I think it's important to note that it is live music at the Mayfair Supper Club. And on Sundays, this is sort of a new thing that I did not know, that Sundays they typically do a sort of jazzy night where they don't have as many dancers and it's just the singing. So if you actually just wanted to go and listen to some music, have a drink, maybe an appetizer, or even dessert, it's a fantastic place. Um, it's very 1960s, turn like 1960s into the 1970s deck uh, era and decorations, and it has cool shells, all that good stuff. But it really is supposed to make you kind of standoffish from the outside, just because it has sort of the blocked off section of it. You have to go through the door, you have to go to the hostess. And the first couple of times, it can be quite intimidating. I definitely um, say it would be quite intimidating. But after enough times, you get comfortable enough just to be walking straight into the restaurant and then right to the back. So I enjoy Mayfair Supper Club. They have great steak. They also have a lot of things that are served at the table. So they have their, their baked Alaska is what it's called. They also have Dover Soul, which is deboned at the table for you as well. And they even have their prime rib. The only thing I do tell you or have to tell you about is that it can be quite an expensive restaurant if you do all of those things. So I do always recommend sharing at Mayfair Supper Club because I would say the things are made to share, definitely. Um, also, larger parties are a little bit more encouraged, although not required, just because they do have a lot of very large circular tables, sort of banquet style tables for the restaurant. So if you're going to go by yourself, which I do a lot of these things alone because, you know, it happens. So when I walk, when you walk into the, to the, to the restaurant, there's a bar. 
that bar's fine. They actually just started doing more like DJ, live DJ music in that section of the restaurant, which is completely fine. I recommend you go through the doors to the back, and that is the main room. And then inside the main room, they actually have a bar along the right-hand side. It's not gigantic by any means, but it's pretty big. And if you're a single person or uh, a couple that didn't have reservations, that's a great place to sit just because you're still able to watch the music. You can listen to the music, obviously, and all the dancers will come by. They even do a bit where they actually dance on the bar itself, and that's a great place to see the show, especially if you don't have reservations. Um, I typically will go nowadays. Um, I don't really eat a full meal there, so they do have steak on the menu. It's a very classical sort of comfort food very 1960s, 1970s menu. It's a very large white menu, which is very, you know, fun to sort of take pictures of or just open and feel like, you know, you're sitting next to Frank Sinatra. But it's a very immersive experience, I would definitely say, but very classy. I would say it's definitely a classy experience. And actually, as I was talking, the other sort of supper club, if you will, that has music and and experience would be uh, Super Frico, which is at Cosmopolitan, a little bit more contemporary. But those are kind of the big three. So I wanted to make sure I got that one in. But I would definitely say Mayfair is probably my favorite in terms of the accessibility to it, the openness for people walking in. Um, and it definitely used to be more standoffish, but much more accepting, I would say, uh, these days. Um, the drinks are fantastic. And I would definitely recommend the Old Fashioned. They have wonderful cotton candy drinks. They, uh, they're usually champagne cocktails that come with the cotton candy, they have great lemon drop martinis. Just be aware again that this is a pricier restaurant. So you're looking at, you know, 18 and up for any mixed drinks. Your beers are going to be about $10. So that is one thing to understand going to eat at Mayfair Supper Club. I like to go and just have a dessert. I love their chocolate cake. Uh, they also have their baked Alaska, of course, and they also have their cigar dessert. It's sort of like a chocolate bar kind of thing. I do not recommend that, though. So that's just a personal thing. I'm not a fan of the of the chocolate bar, but or chocolate stogie, if you will. But, you know, to each their own. And really, that's all I have to say about Mayfair Supper Club. I do really enjoy it, again, and great view for the fountains. A uh, couple little notes to know if you make a reservation for this place is that if you do make a reservation, you're always guaranteed a seat in the main dining room, which was fantastic. So you make a reservation, main dining room, you're good to go. Because I was nervous when I made a reservation to go with my mother that I did not want to sit in the second seating area, which is you know the first area you sit in, just because you don't get the experience. So that's why I really wanted to, really wanted to have a seat in the main dining room. So that's one. Um, I would also recommend that if you do make any special notes on your reservation, that they will give you a single red rose for whoever's birthday it is, typically for any of the women. And usually for men, it's usually going to be like in the form of a dessert or something. By the way, that's sort of a thing that a lot of restaurants are doing now. Instead of doing like a free dessert or something of that nature, they'll give them like the red rose. So usually if you go to a higher end restaurant, that's sort of their token of uh, happy birthday is a rose. It's also a cheaper version, but, you know, do what you can do. But um, that is actually going to be the end of the first episode of Concierge Confidential. Hopefully you learned some things out of this episode. Hopefully I did too. 
Um, you can always find us at concierge confidential underscore LV on Instagram. And if you have any questions, feel free to message us and then we will actually get back to you or like if you need a recommendation or something, or if you want us to cover something on our next pod, I will definitely do that. But again, till next time, my name is Brian Ortega and this is Concierge Confidential.